All right, so here we go. According to Genesis, the Lord created everything in six days, and then on the seventh day he rested. That is, he stopped. Doesn't mean he took a nap. Means he rested from the work he had done on the previous six days. So he blessed that day and he set it apart way back when everything was still perfect, right? Right. One day out of seven. Later, I don't know, around 2,500 years or so, way after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and sin was everywhere, Moses pops up on the scene, hikes up Mount Sinai, and receives Ten Commandments from the Lord himself, written by his very finger. You saw the movie. For all you readers out there, take a peek at Exodus 20. Here begins the law, God's commandments. His design, not ours, for our benefit, not his. Now, out of all the Ten Commandments, we stop today on the fourth. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And in case we might not connect it on our own, God uses the same language in the first book of the Bible that he does here in the second to connect it for us. And I paraphrase. In six days, not five, not a million years, not an eon, in six days God did a bunch of work making everything that we see and don't see, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore he blessed it and made it holy. He set it apart. One day out of seven. So we got ten commandments. We got eight don'ts and two do's. But inside one of the do's is a don't, this fourth commandment. The do is to remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. And the way to keep it holy is the don't. Don't work. Or more accurate to its intent, put aside the normal work you do on the previous six days. Make this day different. One day out of seven. Okay, so let's leap forward about 1,500 years or so to Mark chapter 2. And you'll see that Jesus says, quite frankly, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for the man. The Sabbath was made for the man. Huh. God blessed this day and he set it apart. Why? For what? Well, perhaps it's date. Maybe God is saying he just wants to spend time with us. Yeah, he created us to do all kinds of things and have friends and family and live our lives, but maybe he's saying he'd like to spend time with us too. Yeah, he knows we're busy. That's why he gave us seven days. Six days to do all the things that we have to do. And one day to spend with him. One day out of seven. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about gifts. And I remember when I was growing up, have you ever gotten a gift that you didn't want? Oh, okay. When I was growing up, my grandmother, don't tell her, but she was notorious for giving horrible gifts. She lived right down the street from a Kmart. And so whatever the blue light special was, she would just buy eight of them. And she would give it to everybody. And so just imagine the lying I had to do to act like I liked getting a sheet set at eight years old. It's like, oh, sheets, pillowcases, grandma. You shouldn't have. It was a gift that nobody wanted. Well, I mean, I guess maybe the older people did. And, you know, I guess everybody can use a sheet or a pillowcase, but when you're eight, you're just not feeling it. And a lot of times, I think that we get gifts that nobody wants. I remember it wasn't um, too long after we started growing up and having our own place and stuff, and I was talking with my sister. She's like, man, I can sure use one of grandmama's uh, sheet sets <laughs> or those storage boxes. I had to go to the store and buy it myself, and that hurt a little bit. It seems like when we got to a different level in life, when we got to a different level in maturity, we understood what to do with that gift that we didn't want. You know, um, there was a, a story told of this young man, and he had um, 
always got $5 from his grandmother. And his grandmother would give him $5 no matter what. She never adjusted for inflation. And, you know, he wished that she would give a little bit more. And finally, he turned 18, and he's thinking, surely grandma is going to take this thing to another level. But he didn't even get the $5 this time. Grandma gave him this Bible. Now he kissed grandma and said thank you, but it went in the pile of the gifts that nobody wanted. Well, he began to live life, and he realized that life was hard. I mean, he was out of money, had to sell his TV and a few other things because now he was just trying to make ends meet. And so he sat in his barely furnished apartment with no TV and nothing to do. He saw grandma's Bible. He got the Bible out and began to read, um, but he didn't quite understand everything. And so after a while, he closed it. And as he closed it and went to put it down, he saw a $5 bill peeking out of the pages. He was like, well, Grandma then gave me $5 after all. But not only that, as he looked, he found that there were $25 bills in the Bible. And here it was, a gift that he didn't want, and he found out that it was one of the best gifts ever. You know, we talked about last week um, the children of Israel coming out of slavery, and God gave them this big care package, and one of the best gifts he could give a slave. I mean, people who work all sun up to sundown picking that cotton, I'm talking about the best gift you can give people who are tired, their backs hurt, their feet hurt, everything. The best gift is to say, you know what? One day a week, you don't have to work for nobody. No matter what they say, no matter how much they're going to pay you, it doesn't matter. I am the Lord thy God, and I said you can sit down. But God is so good. I mean, you know, only the upper echelons may try to, you know, take a hold of that thing. So he listed it out in Exodus chapter 20, uh, beginning at verse 8. He listed out, he said, not your manservants, your maidservants, your cat, your dog, your cows. Nobody has to do nothing. You get to enter into rest. The rest of God. Now, I'm sure that was the best thing slaves could have had. However, as life happened and they weren't slaves anymore and then they got big houses and nice cars and mortgages and and bills that they had to pay, then all of a sudden they didn't really appreciate God's wonderful gift so much. I mean, all of a sudden they just decided to tear up the wonderful gift that God gave them. And so then here comes God and he says, if you take your foot off my Sabbath? If you take your foot off of my Sabbath from doing your own thing, from saying your own words, from doing what you want to do and call my Sabbath a delight? You know, in the Asian culture, when you put your foot on something, I mean, you're really desecrating it. I mean, you are, I mean, that's the worst thing that you could do. That's why Uh, When Bush was in the Middle East, they took and threw the shoe at him. It was like throwing their foot. I mean, there's some cultures you don't even cross your legs because you don't want to show them the bottom of your shoe because it is just the biggest insult. 
And then here God gives us this great, big, beautiful, wonderful gift to hook us up, to give us peace in the midst of storm. And we got our foot all over that thing. And God says if we would take our foot off the Sabbath, then God would bless us abundantly. Now, some of us don't know how to take our feet off the Sabbath. Because some of us think that we're doing that when we show up at 12 and stay till 1.30. We're like, I just kept the Sabbath. But how many know that the Sabbath doesn't begin at 12 o'clock on Saturday? It doesn't even begin at 10 o'clock on Saturday. Actually, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1, starting with verse 5, it tells us that evening and morning were the what? Were the first day. And then, uh, what's the next verse? Uh, The second day, it says evening and morning were the The second second day. day. Verse 13. So evening and morning were the third day. day. So you all get it, right? You all get it. That the the second, the third, the fourth, the seventh day begins in the evening. So Friday evening, sunset, I mean, you get to rest. No matter what kind of week you had, you get to enter into God's rest. Amen, amen. You see, Pastor Andrea was talking about, she was talking about desecrating. And the Sabbath, the Sabbath is the one commandment people interpret according to their preference. You know, we want to, you know, when it says thou shalt not kill, yeah, I understand that. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, we all know that. But when it comes to that fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day, because it says remember, you got to remember that thing. When it says remember, we like to do that according to our preference, how we feel like at that time. You see, people can give reasons why you should worship on Saturday, and some people can give you some good reasons why they worship on Sunday. Let's be honest. You see, people who worship on Sunday like to say, we're supposed to worship the Lord every day. So leave me alone and I'm so I can worship on my day because I'm supposed to worship not only on Sunday, but Monday and Tuesday. You know, you know how it is. Yes, you are supposed to worship. Every day of the week and the church said, amen, amen. It's true, but the Bible has something to say with regards to worship on Sabbath. Leviticus 26, Leviticus 26, verse 2, and it says this, you must keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Hmm. You see, in this passage, verse 1, in verse 1 of Leviticus 26, it tells us how we should worship, okay? Verse 1, how we should worship. In verse 2, it tells us when, uh, uh, 
forgive me. Verse 1 tells us who we should worship. Amen. Let me get that right. Let me get, let me get the word of God right. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Amen. Verse 2, verse 2 tells you when and how you should worship. Okay? Then on, it tells, lets the people of Israel know what happens when you worship God as he instructed you. You see, when you worship the true God, when you worship according to his teachings and instructions, there are blessings. And the church said, amen. It would seem like you had to earn these blessings because in Leviticus 26, it talks about blessings and it talks about curses. Right? And you know, if you want to be blessed, you probably got to work for it. You got to earn it. But not so according to the word of God. If, if you, you did not earn the blessing as a reward for behavior, God's blessing did not have to be earned by Israel. It was already there. The promise and intrinsic, it was intrinsic to the covenant relationship. But that blessing could be experienced in the fullness only as Israel lived in accordance with the covenant. I'm getting all excited. So how can I explain this? How can I explain this? You see, the question is of position. When you earn something, the burden is on you. The blessing in this covenant relationship, the burden is on God. Oh, I wish I had a church praying with me. You see, the Bible says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give is light. When it comes to the Sabbath, it's not about you earning it. When it comes to the blessings of the Sabbath, it's not about you earning it. It's about God gives it to you through his covenant. He gives it to you freely. Amen. I have a little thing my daughter and I like to do. You know, I've grown up, you know, I try to tell my wife, my daughter, and my son more than five, six times a day. A lot of, I do it a lot. I tell them I love them. You know, I tell them I love them often. And so sometimes my daughter likes to come to me because she likes to hear it, right? Don't you, sweetheart? Oh, she's getting to that age that daddy, daddy just has a knack of embarrassing her, my Lord. But she'll tell me she loves me. And I'll tell her, I love you. And then she'll say, I love you more. And I'll say, no, no, no. I love you more. And then she'll say, impossible. <laughs> I say that because sometimes people feel like you have to earn people's love. But me with my children, with my wife, they know that they don't have to earn my love. Hello, somebody. I give it to them freely. Hallelujah. I give it to them whether they deserve it or not. 
because when they go through things, especially when they're younger, you know, when they get older, you know, you got to have to let them keep on because they're grown. You know, that's how the world works. But with God, he always loves you. He loves you so much, he's willing to give. Every good and perfect gift is what? From above. Uh, If the unjust judge in Luke 18 says, I will give you what you ask for, how much the Father wants to give you what you deserve. The Lord wants to give it to you. Hallelujah. So you don't have to earn that. You don't have to put the burden of the Sabbath on your back and keep on walking with it to earn the blessing. The Lord wants to bless you above and beyond what you could ever think or ask for in the name of Jesus. You see, God has promised you. And when you follow the Torah, when you honor and keep God's Sabbath, you will be claiming your blessing. You'll be reaching out and grabbing your blessing in the name of Jesus. You see, the four elements in Leviticus 26 that makes up the promised blessing is that you will have rain and good harvest. You will have peace and security. You will have numerical increase. And where you are will be a dwelling place of God because he's going to be in the midst. When you do as God has asked you to do, when you put God first, God is your source. So he gives you the rain. He gives you good harvest. He will give you peace and security. What you have will increase in the name of Jesus. And wherever you go, he will be there in the midst. Hallelujah. One of the Sabbath stories that I love so much is found in Exodus chapter 16. And this is where the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt. I already told you on last week they squandered all their money just acting a straight mess. All of the gold and all of the things that God had given them, they decided to put into a golden calf. And that money and those, um, that gold, that probably would have been able to feed them for their journey. It probably would have been able to supply a lot of their needs. But because they really just cut the fool, they didn't have what they needed. And so God in his goodness, just like Pastor Kurt was talking about, because God loves them, even though they probably didn't deserve to eat, God decided, I am still going to provide their needs. I am still going to be a blessing to them. And so in Exodus chapter 16, God now tells them that I am going to rain down manna, bread, from heaven. Now, the way he did it was wonderful. He said, I am going to provide all of your needs. uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and on Friday. On Friday, the Bible says that God gave them a double portion blessing. On Friday, God gave the people of God a double portion blessing, which meant that God would supply during the week enough to get them through the weekend. 
Because, see, a lot of times people think, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I was doing my budget or I was looking at my bank account. I saw the bills. And I know that I have got to work. I know God said I could rest, and I know he wants me to spend this time with him, but I really need to go to the job. But the Bible lets us know that God provides for us a double portion blessing when we stop and rest and follow his instruction and teaching. And so the Bible tells us of Exodus chapter 16, verse 29. It says, see, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Nobody has to go to work. Nobody has to make ends meet. Nobody has to do any of that stuff because God has already provided a double portion blessing to get you through if you decide that I am going to honor what God has asked me to do. I get excited about that thing. Because a lot of times, you know, um, when people ask, well, why do you go to church on Saturday? Or, or why do you have the Sabbath? What is the Sabbath? And then we begin to say, well, it's the day that I can't do this and the day that I can't do that and, and all of this kind of stuff. And you all are giving bad press to the wonderful gift that God has given you. I mean, when you go to uh, the store, somebody asks you, well, tell me about Macy's. Oh, girl, you don't want to go to Macy's. They don't have bananas. They don't have cereal. They don't sell canned goods. You don't talk about what they don't have. When you talk about Macy's, you say, oh, girl, they got suits. They got clothes. They got this. They got that. And I got a coupon. Hey. <laughs> you talk about the good things that it has. And the Sabbath is a way that I can rest. No matter how much these people stress me out all week long, I am not the one on Friday night and Saturday. No matter what I'm going through, in case I don't know where the ends are going to meet, when I get to Friday and I begin to worship the Lord, he reminds me that he is the God that supplies all my needs. And he'll get me through the weekend if I can get myself into doing what he asked me to do. God blesses us with a double portion blessing. Y'all going to have to pray for me right now. In Isaiah 56, it talks about the blessing of not desecrating the Sabbath. How the Sabbath is not only for the Jews, but it's for the nation. It's for the foreigners. There is another promise that God bestows on the people who honor his Sabbath. Let's go. Isaiah 56, verse 6 and 7. It says, I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest, and who hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and will find them, fill them with joy in my house of prayer. The word I want to focus on there is joy. When you honor the Sabbath, you will be filled with joy. And the church said, Amen. John 15 verse 11 says, 
I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be what? Full. Complete. Full. Lewis Smead says it like this. To miss out on joy is to miss out on the reason for your existence. Mercy. To miss out on joy is to miss out on the reason for your existence. You see, joy is not something controlled by outside influences. Joy is something that flows from the inside. Yes. And, I, and it is something God puts in you. Yes, yes. I'm talking about joy today. You see, in Nehemiah 8, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes. Can I break that down? Can I break that down for you real yes, quick? Yes. You see, we get the word holiday from holy day. Uh -huh. The Sabbath is not a burden. It should be something that brings you joy. Joy is not an option in a Christian's life. Did y'all hear me? Joy is not an option in a Christian's life. The devil might be beating on you, but you better bless the name of the Lord that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yeah, no yeah, matter yeah. what the enemy puts on me, God is going to lift me up. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joy, you should be filled with joy. Mm -hmm. When I see you on the street, joy. Yeah. When I see you in the dentist, joy. Hey, all right. When I see you at the supermarket and you in a long line and it seems like the person in front of you is taking their sweet time, they're at the front of the line and still fiddling through all their coupons and their purse looking for their credit card, joy. Hallelujah. Yay, yay. You need to be filled with joy. It's not an option. Because joy, the joy of the Lord yeah. is your strength. When God fills you with joy, it's because you're following his teaching and instruction. Uh -huh. When God fills you with joy, you have joy and peace. Yes. You see, when God fills you with joy, when you look around, you see it just a little bit different from how everyone else sees it. Uh-huh. How many of you know that your attitude determines your altitude? Uh-huh, uh-huh. In the name of Jesus. When you look, when you look and see how, how, or when you're filled with joy, things that irk everybody else doesn't bother you so much. Uh-huh. When you fill with joy, ah, sin doesn't look as appetizing as it does. Because you're just walking around saying the devil don't have nothing for me. Ah, because I'm filled with joy. So you can come if you want to. You can put that in front of you, me if you want to. But it does not have any influence on me because the devil does not have a foothold in my life. Joy! Yeah, 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 yeah. When you're filled with joy, when you're filled with joy, 
your strength. You go from strength to strength. No matter what the enemy puts in, the enemy could come in like a, a flood, but the but the God will lift up a standard against yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. That's with joy. The joy is your fortress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. 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 Guarded. Guarded all around you. It's your fortress because you know who is your source. God is your source. Yeah. So when you follow his teaching and instruction, instead of when everyone else is working seven days a week and talking about, oh, I just need a rest. I, I just need a break. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can go around, yes, I might be missing the busiest day of my work day, resting on the Sabbath, going to church on Sabbath, but guess what? When I do what God has called me to do, there's a blessing in that thing. And yeah. when I do what God has called me to do, ah, I'm going to be better off than any of you. Hallelujah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm doing what God has called me to do. Yes, 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 yes. Joy, joy, the joy in the Sabbath. That's why you're supposed to call the Sabbath a delight. Uh-huh. Now, some of you, especially the kids, think Sabbath is boring. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Can we, can we be honest? Ah, uh, uh, you know, I, I told y'all, I know it's been a little while, but I told y'all I'm the confessing preacher. So, you know, I do a little confession every, every sermon, you know. <laughs> Now that my wife isn't with me every Sabbath, I maybe confess a little bit more as I sh uh, that I should. <laughs> That's a little joke to get her nervous. <laughs> it worked. It worked. It worked. Okay. You see, I used to dread Friday evenings. Can I be honest? When I was a kid. When that sunset came, the television had to come on. I don't know if any of you are from Trinidad, but they used to call me a TV pyong, okay? That means I loved television. But something has changed. As I've grown older, I've come to appreciate rest. Amen. 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 But with my children, my kids can't wait for the Sabbath. They can't wait. They, they come home and it's like, are we, are we go, are, is the Sabbath yet? Are we going to go? No, no, Jonathan. The, the sun sets at 740 something. Now, yesterday was 706. My daughter knows what time the sun sets. And she sees it because she knows that her Sabbath is going to be filled with joy. Amen. We make the Sabbath a joy because we open up the Sabbath with a celebration. Amen. Amen. And we're going to have a Sabbath celebration this Friday evening. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Now what I want to do is show you all what we do in our Sabbath celebration. Because... Our kids really, when they wake up in the morning, it's like, so what's today? Okay, how many days until Sabbath celebration? Because it's really a wonderful time for family. But not only that, one thing that I have to give to the Jews, they're always looking forward. When they have um, Rosh Hashanah, which is their new year, or Yom Kippur, uh, the Day of Atonement, 
when they get there, they pray, Lord, between this Yom Kippur and next Yom Kippur, I, I might mess up, I, I might say something crazy. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me. And so they ask that God would go ahead of them, and they're looking forward at the, the upcoming year or week. Even Solomon, when he made the temple, when they finished the temple, they're like, God, you know what? I know us. And there may come a time when we turn our backs from you, and we do this, and we do that. So they're always looking forward, asking that God would be with them. And so in our Sabbath celebration, we ask God to be with us over the next seven days. Say, Lord, there may be some temptations, and in the name of Jesus, we need some strength. You, make, you know what's coming up on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever, and so, Father, we want you to go ahead and give us the strength that we need. Lord, we may need some more sanity. We may need some more peace. Whatever is taking place in this next week, Father, you know, and we want you to be with us over the next seven days. And so now what we're about to show you, this is what we do. This is just one of many ways to open the Sabbath, but this is what we're going to do uh, on Friday evening. And it is my prayer that we begin to do this as a church family and we do it in our homes so that we can celebrate Sabbath, yeah. so that we can begin to cover even our weeks and say, Lord, you know what's coming up. And so, Lord, go before. If my boss is going to trip and say, I got to come in, then, then, Lord, I need you to go ahead and talk to him even before I get to the office so that this thing could be worked out. Amen? Amen. Amen. If somebody could move this. Thank you. And so this is our Sabbath celebration table. We have our uh, Sabbath candles, and we have our bread. We, um, we have, and usually you, we, have, we always have two loaves of bread. A double portion to remind us, but we ate one yesterday, and then we're like, oh, man. <laughs> so we ate it during our Sabbath celebration, but we did save this one, so. Uh, and then we have our grape juice. And so, uh, we usually light the candles. Um, that's mommy's job. And this, this um, precedes a wonderful Sabbath meal. And so um, the woman of the house would light the candles, light the Sabbath candles. However, um, so it doesn't catch anything on fire, you all just imagine the light of God all up in here. And what happens now, what happens now is that um, we, we speak a blessing over, over the wife, over the mother, and in turn, uh, she does the same with us, uh, same with me. She reads some scripture and pr prays a blessing over me, and then we both pray a blessing over the children, okay? And so I'm going to not do the whole thing because of time, because I am an obedient husband, amen? <laughs> but first, we start with Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31, verses 10, 10 through 31, and um, when you see the word she or her, you know, we, in, we, we insert uh, our wife's name. And so, uh, Proverbs 31, 10, I'm supposed to talk over my wife. An excellent wife, who can find? Andrea is far more precious than jewels. The heart of Kurt trusts in Andrea, and he will have no lack of gain. Andrea does him good. 
and not harm all the days of her life. Andrea seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Andrea is like the ships of the merchant. Andrea brings her food from afar. And I'm just going to drop on down uh, uh, to verse Verse 27, no, verse 26, verse 26, amen. And it says, Andrea opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Andrea looks well to the ways of, uh, to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness, amen. Andrea, Andrea's children rise up and call her blessed. Kurt also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you, you Andrea, you, Andrea surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman, Andrea, who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give Andrea the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And after we read, after we read, I pray a prayer of blessing over her. And it goes something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and we bless you for Andrea, Heavenly Father. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray no sickness or disease will become nigh her dwelling, Heavenly Father. No accident or tragedy. Lord, I pray that people will call her blessed. Lord, I pray that her foots will be footsteps will be ordered by you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that her gifts will make room for her, dear Jesus. And we continue in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. And so we pray the prayer of blessing. And then at the end, uh, end of it, my Lord, my Lord, where is it? I'm, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. Okay, and then we anoint. I'm going to anoint my wife. Hallelujah. Okay, I, I don't know how to do this for the camera, so brother, brother Oz, you just work with me, okay? Amen. And then so... You, I get on my knees, men, I get on my knees. I know some of y'all only did it once when you proposed, <laughs> but get on your knees, and then you anoint, you anoint her head, and it says, you say to she, she, Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, one. And then I anoint her heirs, and it says, my Wife's ears hear the voice of God, and no other voice shall she follow. Amen. Then I anoint her hands. Whatever you put your hands to do for the next seven days shall prosper. Amen. Amen. And then I'm going to anoint her feet and said, for the next seven days until the next Sabbath, wherever your feet tread shall prosper financially, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Amen. And then I, men... Take notes. I get the flower. I give it to my wife because I love my wife. And give her, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give her a kiss. <laughs> Amen. Amen. At which time I have the privilege of doing the same thing. However, uh, for the men... We read Psalms 1, and I'm just going to read the first three verses, Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is Kurt, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, 
and in his law does he meditate both day and night. And Kurt shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not, shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. And then I pray a prayer of blessing. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that you have blessed this family with a wonderful priest, king, and ruler. Oh, God, we bless you for blessing us. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with a Kurt. I pray that you will be with him as he uh, goes throughout this Sabbath. We welcome you in this place, and we ask, oh, God, that you would bless him uh, as he goes out and as he comes in. Lord, I pray that you would uh, cause him to prosper, oh, God. I pray that you would allow him to hear your voice. I pray that he would be a great spiritual leader in all of the arenas that he is in. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And then I, too, get on my knees, and I anoint my husband and say the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then I anoint his ears and say my husband hears the voice of the Lord and another voice he will not follow and then we anoint I anoint his hands and I say whatever that whatever you do in the next seven days shall prosper and then I anoint my husband's feet at which times my children inevitably say ew <laughs> and then I say whatever uh, wherever your feet shall tread on the next seven days you shall prosper emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then he gets another kiss. Amen. Because um, in the Jewish, they believed on speaking over their, their, their people, speaking over their children. They believed in, in, in giving blessing. They believed in giving blessing. And so the final one is with the children. Um, sometimes the, the, the father does both, and so, but in our house, um, mommy does one and daddy blesses the other. And so today I will bless Lawrence. Amen. And I just pray, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that her steps are ordered by the Lord, that she will be blessed and she will be obedient to that. She will always hear your voice and she will not listen to another, Lord. I ask that you keep her from all harm and danger, that sickness and disease will be far from her. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless you for Jonathan. We ask that you would allow his heart and mind to always be towards you. Lord, I pray that you would fill him with wisdom and understanding. I pray that accidents, disease, sickness, tragedy would be far from him, O oh God. I pray that he would find favor in whatever context that he is in. And that he will love you all the days of his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And then I end with the Aaronic blessing in Numbers 6. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then after that, you notice in this thing, daddy is the only one who does not get gifts. We are your gifts. Oh, yes. You are our gift, my gift. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We're buying that. Amen. And then I give the kids a gift. Amen. And then we, we partake. Go ahead, Pastor. And then we, um, we partake of the grape juice and the bread together. Um, and then after we do that, we have our big Sabbath 
meal together. Amen. Amen. Now, the reason, the reason that I wanted to share this with you, and I know that some of you are thinking, well, what if I don't have a husband that could say that over me? Or what if it's just me by myself or whatnot? Now, technically, you can definitely uh, speak it over yourself and over your kids. But what I would love to see take place is a family do this together. And so if there was a single mom, then we would have them over, and then Pastor Kurt would be able to speak over them and their children also. And so that we're coming together, and it's drawing us together as a family. We're prophesying into each other's lives, and I promise you, I have seen a difference in my weeks. I've seen a difference in my life because we have taken time to do this. And it's just been a blessing to us, and so I just wanted to share it with you. And so if you never do it, I pray that you're here on Friday evening so that we can do it together. Uh, we educate, and then we activate. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we begin to close, the last part of the verse talks about doing our own thing on God's holy day uh, and not doing that. I remember when I was um, growing up, my... Our TV broke, and my mom was really excited about that because she hated the TV, and she was like, good, so y'all can get your homework done or whatever. And so we were just so broken up about the TV. You know, when our friends came over, they would make fun of me. You ain't got no TV. What's wrong with y'all? So I came up with this great idea that because my mom's birthday was coming up. I said, why don't we all put our money together and buy her a TV for her birthday. And I mean, this, this was so good to me. And uh, my uncle, who was just a year older than me, he lived with us. I mean, so he put in money. I mean, we didn't get along all the time, but for this, we came together. I mean, even our friends put in money so that we could buy a TV for my mother for her birthday. And so her birthday came, and uh, we covered it with a sheet, and we put a big old bow on it. And we just knew that she was going to love this TV. We couldn't wait. We had invited all of our friends over to celebrate this great event. And so I, we said, Mommy, uh, we got you this wonderful gift. Guess what? Ta-da! A TV. And she's like, oh, thank you. I said, but wait, it gets better. Not only did we get you a TV, we got two movies from Blockbuster, and all of our friends are here to watch them tonight. And on her birthday, this is a true story, our friends were there, we put in those movies, and we watched movie after movie, and my mom was hanging out by herself in her room. We were doing our own pleasure on her day. So many times as the musicians begin to play, so many times that's what we do. The Sabbath is God's day, a day where he wants to spend time with us, a day where he wants to show his heart and his love. He wants us to experience his rest and his joy. But a lot of times we're like, oh, yeah, we decided we're going to do this instead. We decided we don't really care what you think. We want to do what we want to do. But God is calling us to something different. God has a very special blessing in store for each of us. 
if we would only trust him, if, he, if we would only allow him to have this time with us, this special date with the divine. You all all have your connection cards. They're in your bulletin. I know we already took the time to fill out the front. On the back, I want you to take some time to think about what your next step is going to be. Perhaps you want to memorize this text that we keep talking about, Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14, to remind yourself that if we bless God, he said that he will cause us to ride on the high places of the earth, that he would feed us with the heritage of Jacob. Maybe you want to read about that double portion blessing in Exodus chapter 16, and you will go ahead and check that. Maybe you want to commit to celebrating the Sabbath regularly. Maybe you haven't done it before, or maybe you were half doing it, or you had no idea that it started on Friday evening, and you want to commit to celebrating the Sabbath regularly, then you can make that check. And then finally, uh, you want to commit to attending the Sabbath celebration here next Friday at 7 o'clock. Whatever it is, I want you to take this time right now to check that. Perhaps you want to become a follower of Christ. Maybe you want this church to be your church. Maybe you want more information on how to serve here at Imani. You can check these boxes on the side, and we will get that information to you. As you finish filling out your connection card, we simply ask that you drop it in the or the offering bag, and we will uh, take it from there. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless you in this place. Father, we repent to you because there have been many times that we did not celebrate your Sabbath, where we decided to do our own thing on your special day. Father, forgive us. But Lord, I ask that you would help us to spend beautiful time with you. Give us ears that we can hear what you're saying to us. Give us eyes so that we can see your hand in nature and see you all around us, oh God. Lord, I pray that you would go before us as we uh, prepare for the next Sabbath. Go before us in our weeks, oh God. You know where we're going to need strength. You know where we're going to need provision. You know where we're going to need anointing. Father, we pray that you would grant it to us in the name of Jesus. Seal the commitments that we have made and help us, oh God, to follow through through your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.